0: need the theme song once again like we've said this season after season but a beauty in the brain being pinky in the brain I feel like there's some way I have to figure out that we can get
1: this I like to think of us more as like Dexter's laboratory and you're the sister and I have the lab
0: what was the sister like I never watched the show
1: I I just remember him always yelling like DD get out of my laboratory (laughs)
0: I mean, it kind of sounds about right because here I am um, with you in your laboratory um, in the Midwest coming all the way mid-break. You know, David, people love beauty in the brain. I think that like emotional support just needs to fully be beauty in the brain. People are that obsessed.
1: I mean, no, we need to like interview (laughs) other people with us. I cannot. uh, That's too much for me. It's a lot of pressure.
0: It's a lot of pressure pressure
1: for me. So I feel like every text message that we have offline is me just being like, (laughs) Am I annoying? Am I ugly? (laughs) How do I do this? (laughs) Like, I can't double down on that.
0: No, but then you will send me pictures of yourself at concerts and at venues like the one that you sent at uh, Lollapalooza with Ali and AJ. And I sent this picture to Ali and I was like, "Uh, the beauty and the brain is at Lollapalooza right now living his best life. And she was like, this is the best photo ever. Uh, I mean, like you got it from the stars, like from their mouth saying this was the best ever.
1: What can I say? What can I say? Stars are just like us. (laughs) Stars
0: are just like stars are amongst us and they're just like us. David, quick wrap up of uh, your bachelor party. Last we spoke, you were on your way to Vegas. How was it?
1: Um, We crushed it. Crushed it. We broke one of my friends. He just like pulled the ripcord and had to like change his flight and get out of there. Stop
0: so, it! Like just exhausted, done. Like couldn't handle anymore.
1: Yeah, we just we broke his brain.
0: The debauchery.
1: Yeah, I um, mean, any I love Vegas? Yeah, I could do Vegas like every other weekend for the rest of my life.
0: Right, right. I mean, I could do Vegas forever. Um, but that's my <laughs> own personal issue. Did you go with other scientists? No, no,
1: I was the only nerd. All my friends, like, I mean, I went to a, a university that has a top 10 undergraduate business school. So all of my friends like work on Wall Street or right. like private equity. Right. So they always look at me. They're like, why are you the idiot that studied biology? Like right. I'd be in like physics lab at like 8 a.m. on Friday morning and they'd be like, we don't have class and are going to the bar. And they would just they were always so confused about me. So I'm like the oddball out in my crew.
0: But it was because it was your passion. What you were born to do. I don't know
1: what else I would do. I actually didn't really like science all that much in high school, which I find it funny. Like I like always tell the joke of like I almost failed out of AP bio because I thought it was boring. And then I took a (laughs) neuroscience class in college and got a C in it. And I was like, I had a professor that told me that I would never ever be a researcher. And then, like, was at a conference, like, some years later and, like, came up to my poster and was, like, singing praises about, like, the work that I was doing. And I was, like, remember when you almost failed me?
0: Yeah. Do you remember that when you almost ruined every single dream that I had? But, you know, that's I mean, very typical. And I'm not saying that's very typical against teachers. But but it's very typical when, when at least I know for myself, I'm going to say – Anytime someone has said, you're not good at this, or it's not a good idea, or it's a failure, um, it's usually when I'm kind of like, I turn it around and I'm like, oh, really, bro? Like, you want to try this? Because you just like poked the manic bear and the manic bear is like ready to party now and show you who's boss. I mean, that's kind of how this podcast came along. I had someone that told me, you know, I don't really think people are going to like it. I don't think they're going to understand it. Um, They even told me that I was too old, that I shouldn't be doing it, that like the youth wouldn't understand my voice. And I was like, really? Like, okay, watch me, bro. Like, watch me. Um, And that's kind of how it happens.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm doing an entire PhD out of spite. Like, let's be real. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's the only way to get across the finish line. Um, We're such catty bitches. I mean, it really is true, though. And like, you know, like, look, like. I just I get bored. Like, if I'm not challenged, I was like, look, I don't care how the ear works. I'm paying way too much money for this class i like, figure – I'll cram, like, 24 hours before the exam and, like, do decent. But I just, like, I wasn't really that inspired until I got to, like, the – Drug addiction, cutting edge, shoot lasers into brains kind of stuff. Right. Area of research. The fun and like stuff. you kind of got to put in your time to get there. Yeah. So I just sort of like was uninterested for a long while and then like caught a glimpse of the stuff that I'm doing now. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to like flip the switch now and be like, right. this is what I was meant to do.
0: It's kind of like you, you, had to put the work into finally become James Bond. You know, now you get all the tools and the tricks and all the like gidgets and gasmos aplenty.
1: You know, <laughs> yeah, you know. But I mean, I, I feel like, and I like, talk to a lot of people too that, like, you know, like I, I can go on at lengths for how useless standardized testing is, and like all this stuff. And like, I feel like a lot of people that I work with are like who are at this like research sort of conjecture with me. Like all have very similar experiences, mm-hmm. like quietly brilliant children, just really bored with other stuff. Like people thought that they were kind of dumb or like couldn't pay attention in class. And then they like finally found the thing that like got them excited and right. then they just like consume it and are like amazing at it. Right. But it's just like, you know if we judge people at the ripe age of, you know, 18 as freshmen in college of like how great of a researcher or like doctor they're going to be 15 years from now, like you miss a lot of the good ones. You think? Yeah. And I'm
0: sure it's so discouraging for so many people. I mean, I don't know if this is a case of, of, you know, uh, living with with bipolar disorder and doing things out of spite um, constantly. That's truthfully how I live as well. Like anyone that says that I can't do it makes me want to do it. Even if I don't want to really do it, I do it Mm -hmm. just to say that I did it um, and prove someone wrong, um, which is maybe not the best way to live. But uh, who's to judge? Certainly not the
1: worst, though. Certainly
0: not the worst. I mean, at least I get shit done. Um, But do you think that that's a case from you know dealing with the mental health issues that we have uh, for our own personal ways, like of of being told no all the time, um, and finally being like, oh wait, I I can I can finally have control and prove someone wrong on something.
1: Oh, I mean, there's definitely I don't know how to sort of encapsulate it at this point in time, but like there's definitely something that happened where like self-agency intersected with like growing up and being right. like, you know, like people sort of want to like regulate or sort of like put bounds on the choices that you should or shouldn't be making. Mm-hmm. Because like there is that like moment that we all have. You first feel symptomatic and like fly off the handle. Right. And then everybody just like wants to like put bounds on you. right? And like, I think that like a way, a, a sort of a way of dealing with that and sort of like rebellion is like, I did it in a way that was what I would argue somewhat productive, at least academically. Uh, But then there's like also this, like, you know, like there's this like creativity to it as well too. Like, you know, like this isn't just like me out of spite feel like filling in, you know, like circles, like ABCD on it. anymore. You know what I mean? Like, like there is some element to it where like, I feel like you get older, like you get into career, like you're able to like, flush that energy out in something mm. like productive that people can like see and understand right um so it's less of like checking the boxes and more of just like i always like describe people like why i feel like i'm a decent scientist is because like i just like to break things mm. like people tell me how like things are supposed to work and then i break that and i'm like no it doesn't work this way. Well,
0: you're anymore. kind of your perfect like that old sort of lab like
1: destructive chaos like energy that comes from me. Like it's applied that way. Well, so I feel like there's yeah. this, like weird stuff that happens. Like I'm sure you've done it too, where you're like somebody like explains to you like what they think that they should see, and like you have like a much different lens that you look at it through, and you're like, no, just like let me do it my way and like act it out, and like I can't really explain it to you, but like mm-hmm. once you see it, you'll get it.
0: I feel that was me my entire life i i'm never someone that i have a really hard time with um you know being able to use my words to to describe what my game plans are you know i get in a lot of uh like Not, not fights by any means, but just like frustrated, like, like angst with Sturgis because of that, because, you know, he always tries to help me so much by creating a vision and see like, what is it the goal? What is, you know, because I'm someone that needs to have a set plan for a little bit, a little plan of the future, um, Especially when it comes to creating a podcast, especially when it comes to creating a brand, um, being an actress, doing all of these things. And I truly see myself, and in, in, this is not in an egotistical way, but as a, a visionary where like I can see it all and I can see it in my brain, but to actually put it out into the world to make it, you know. Um, something that you can touch, something you can feel, something you can see is very hard for me to actually do. I can see it. I just need the other people to come together and bring that puzzle piece together. Um, so, you know, I always get so frustrated with him because he tries to do all these like creative marketing director, you know, writer exercises with me. And I'm like, God, you are too smart. And like, I can't handle this right now, but he really tries. And it's so frustrating for me because I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't want, Explain it. Just let me do it. You know, I've never had um a layout of what the idea of emotional support was gonna be. That was never, you know, what is your brand strategy? What is this? I don't know. I love the color red, I like my face, and so I like talking about my feelings and saying fuck a lot. So, like, that's my brand. I don't know,
1: you know. I mean, it is sometimes it's that simple though. But it's it's that simple, but I have to do it myself. I feel the same way, and, like, I – not actually all too long ago, like, quite recently, I've tried to, like, give myself – like, when I get really frustrated when people can't see it, instead of, like – I usually just am, like, you know, I love to tell people, like, if you want something done right, just do it yourself, but, like (laughs) – I've like started to sort of realize the value and being like, when I get that feeling like uh-huh. that friction of like, it's in here, but I'm like struggling to get it out. Like rather than push people away, like I've started to be like, Hey, just like, give me some space. Like I'll give myself like insane deadlines. I'll be like, just come back six months from now. And like, let's like go at it again. Like I find myself like having great ideas and like running into like some sort of like technological barrier like something that we're like it's not totally flushed out yet and like rather than getting frustrated and giving up like i'll just be like hey let's just revisit this in like six months from now Mm -hmm. and like if we're still at the roadblock we're still at the roadblock but like those things used to just like really derail me and Mm -hmm. like make me feel so bad and i'm like trying to give myself more time and space to be like hey this isn't fully there yet. It's mm-hmm. a good idea, but just like, rather than like writing it off as a failure, cause I can't do it this exact moment. I just like have tried to get better of just like kicking it down the road a little bit mm-hmm. and reconvening with it later on. So I'll let you know how that goes, but it's not going well, it's a, but it's
0: not. So, so everyone, you know, it's not going well right now. No, but I have like am- this
1: idea of like, we have like, you know, like I talked to a lot of people who like are in the same boat as us, like in the club
0: in the club like
1: that feeling of just like i have a great idea and then i can't get it out fully on paper or like in a way that other people conceptualize and then just like feeling like such an acute absolute failure in Mm -hmm. that moment because you can't do it like right then and now Mm -hmm. is like something i've tried to sort of push back against myself a little bit with being like i have to stop tying my self-worth to this idea that like if i can't flush something out instantly in a five minute span and like change the world then Mm -hmm. like I am then useless and I just like, that's really destructive.
0: It's super destructive, but I, but I, I get it. You know, I really do. I think a lot of problems that, that I deal with on, on a daily basis, um, that I've been finding have become like harder and harder for me for whatever reason it may be where I have all of these great ideas that will come to me and they'll come to me at odd times. They'll come to me in the middle of the night. They'll come to me when I'm in the shower they'll come to me when I'm driving, you know? Um, and I can't execute them at that moment and I'm a very forgetful person. So I have to write everything down. So like I have post-it notes always constantly everywhere in my car, in my house, like in my office, like there's post-it notes everywhere. Um, But I, I have such a hard time, you know, not being able to follow, follow through with that great idea. If it can't happen right away. And, yeah. and I I don't know what to do about it. And I don't know if there's like a special skill. Do I forgive myself and say, it's okay. Like, guess what? The universe isn't open right now. Like literally like the guy who's like gonna, you know, be posting something on social media or the person that I need to email back for being a guest or that audition that I already sent in. There's nothing I can do about it. And it's like, I don't, I haven't gotten to the point yet where I know how to take that briefcase Either like you have right now, where you, I'm not saying that you're actually executing it, but you've actually identified the issue and are saying, like, you fucking suck at this. But, like, at least, like, you have the idea of, like, okay, I am going to forgive myself. I am going to give myself this time and space. What do you think I should do? Like when it comes to these like little things, because to me, I treat it like it's life or death. And I think Uh, that's the biggest problem, right? Like I, I, I forgot what it was the other night. There was something where I forgot to email someone's assistant back. They had sent me information on a guest that I'm going to interview and I was like oh my god I don't want to be the crazy person that's emailing them at three thirty in the morning because they're not going to be like oh she's forgivable she's bipolar and she you know is a, is a you know obviously an insomniac no they're gonna be like she's a fucking drug addict who's like crazy and like out of control which is like not fair and like you know what I mean I I, I don't know
1: it's a double-edged sword, though, because, like, it depends what it's about. Like, if it's about an email and, like, you're, like, whatever. But, like, if you're Kanye and you're picking out a shade of orange, like, that creative genius in the moment. Right. Where it's, like, life or death over what shade or, you know, like, what texture we're using. Like, and people, like, love to, like, go all in on this. And it's, like, really hard to, like, switch back and forth of, like, you know, like – me picking a, a hex color for some figure I'm making, you know, but it was like it can go either way so fast, which is like what yeah. I've been realizing. And like you can hyper fixate on it and then like get it right and then be like, look, I'm a genius and like have like fireworks go off in the background. Right. Or it could be an email at three thirty in the morning and like you're thinking like, Oh yeah, I crushed this and then everyone's like, What the
0: What the fuck is she person? doing? Uh, so, yeah.
1: Yeah. So and, it, and, it really is. So but how sick like, is that the dice, judge you now? Who yeah, knows. but how
0: sick is that that, like, that's what I care about. I don't care about actually executing <laughs> the thing and being like, wow, I have a great idea and I'm going to get back to this person and they're going to wake up in the morning and their job's going to be so much easier. Yeah. No, I'm like concerned that they think, th- but then that goes back to so much trauma because when I was in high school, I was accused of being a cokehead the whole time. And I've never done cocaine before in my life, like swear on everything. Like I haven't. And I was accused just of that. that as that much energy? I have that much energy, and I was accused of that all the time. They were like, oh, she's just a cokehead. Even someone in my family accused me of that one time, and I'm like... Y- y'all i wish i could do that and like have a fun time because for me like the odds are i would like do a line and i'd be in a corner and like the depression would come over and i'd be like in a k-hole or whatever maybe no that's something else that's a different drug there's like
1: mixing drugs, in this I'm mixing you drugs. Would just, like, go to sleep It just, just like a- does the opposite y- thing
0: yes i would just be a mess but then that like goes back to that but but it's 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 so wild to me how, you know, I'm still traumatized by things that I was called when I was younger and and wanting to curate this story of like, I am so far from that. I'm just a perfectionist. And it's like.
1: Uh, being type a is pretty tough isn't it
0: it's the worst it is is literally the worst this is
1: 95 percent of my therapy sessions of me like acknowledging that i'm type a and have no control over this situation but then like being totally unable to actually give anything up or like relinquish any control about it like but "But it matters so much and everyone's like nobody cares and i'm like but i care
0: but i do me yeah 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 no i don't
1: know you just gotta pick your battles man I don't know which ones to tell you to pick, but just like maybe So are you the-
0: saying at like two in the morning I can like text you and be like, David, Annie's going to not be happy that like this 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 annoying co-host of yours constantly is texting you over the littlest problems. Like, are you saying I can do that?
1: <laughs> yeah, fire away. Like it doesn't matter. Like I get this is like the wild thing too of like I occupy a a uh career cultural world yeah where just like everything that bad that can happen does happen yeah and like 4 a.m emails from your boss on a saturday morning are like commonplace like, oh. people getting like twitter fights like whether like you should send that email or not and like there are people who are like strong defenders of the 4 a.m email and you yeah. like if you don't want to read it like just wait You know, until like you think, and I'm just like, it's wild that like we just like love to just be like, this behavior is wildly unhealthy. Everyone agrees that this behavior is wildly unhealthy. But just like rather than point out the like obvious thing, we'll just be like, oh no, it's on you. Just like you figure it out and you deal with it the best way as possible. And I'm just like, here we are again, just like running in circles. Like we'll have this debate six months from now again. But just like, I just like try not to get bothered by people anymore it used to like bother me a lot and now i just don't care anymore You're i just... mean like i definitely care but just no. like i'm like working through the process of just being like hey if you want to be off the rails 24 7 and like think that like your three thirty in the morning email like matters and like it might i don't know but like to call all emails at that hour, or like to call all actions on like some frame. Like, I, we just like paint with like broad brushstrokes to like try and understand the world that we all live in. And like, it works for some people. And then for people like us, we're like, I don't know, roll the dice every day and like we'll figure it out as we go. But was there a turning a point? Anxiety.
0: Was there a turning point for you where you realized like you just couldn't? You were just
1: exhausted. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like you went through this a little bit too of like, you you approach this like very large world. Like I'm a first generation college student, like I'm entering this like environment that is like how you operate is very, you don't ask questions why things happen, they just sort of happen and you just have to like assimilate very quickly to like make progress. So there was like a lot of assimilation that I did like when I like jumped into the research academic world, like culturally speaking. And like, rather than asking questions about like, Hey, why do we all do this really unhealthy stuff? Yeah. You just sort of like learn to do it because like, you just wanted to blend in like the worst thing that could have ever happened to you is if somebody like pointed you out as an outsider. So just like, you just like get in your costume every day and like do the thing. And then I just like that, like doing that over and over again, I just like crashed and burned and I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. So like, I'm just going to be myself. And like, if it pisses people off, then it pisses people
0: off. Right. So, and then so like when it. I
1: started doing that, like I found other people who are like, oh, I also went through this process with you and like mm-hmm. now engage with it the same. So like you become sort of a little bit of an outcast, but then like you realize the people that are like wildly successful also just like carve out their own space and just like do what they want to do. Yeah. And then like you figure it out. But like there was that process of like, I have no idea what's going on. Like I got my like first real job. And then, like, you, like, jump in and you just, like, don't ask any questions and just, like, put the blinders on. You're just like, I'm just going to act like everybody else. And, like, hopefully nobody points out the fact that I'm new here.
0: Do people ever, like, come up to you now because you are so open about talking about your mental health? Like, in your, not even in particular field of work, but just oh, as yeah. a a business person, right? As someone that's in the workplace. What When did you feel comfortable talking about living with bipolar disorder?
1: Still don't. Well, I mean, <laughs> but
0: but you but people know, right?
1: God forbid the National Institute of Health finds out. <laughs>
0: they would get rid. God, cut,
1: cut, take all my cut, money away. Cut,
0: cut. cut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, I've had discussions with people who are like directors of departments who are like chairs
0: mm. of
1: like psychiatry departments, and they're like, "I'm too afraid to tell people that I live with a mental health problem." Really? Or, like live with a diagnosed mental illness. They this mu- is the they think field they they're like in the arbiters of like good health it's wild like it's still so wildly stigmatized that like people that you would never expect have like coming up to me i've been like please don't tell anyone but like i don't they like support me because i'm the younger generation right they're like you're the change that i wish i would have made but i'm still too afraid to tell anybody anything so like i will never publicly acknowledge or comment on the fact that i know what you do or like uh-huh. do this podcast, or like talk about these things, right? But like we'll like silently support you in the background, and that's as far as it goes.
0: And why? But like, but why is it? it, it just, will it just, they it's, be it's fired? A like
1: world for them still? We make our livings based off of like what happens from here up, right? From you that, know what that, I mean? what, like For those the listening, Mayan he's higher, he's saying his brain. <laughs> like, I, like oh, we're on a
0: podcast. <laughs> we're on a podcast, David. <laughs>
1: that's my brain from my from my chin up is my entire (laughs) career yeah yeah you know so I think that like if there's it's hard enough to get grants it's hard enough to do research like you know like and I think that people are like oh if I say this thing out loud or publicly that like hey I struggle with a mental health you know disorder or mental illness or like I have this history in my family you know like that that's just like a knock against them and it just like makes doing their job harder And they'll just, like, never leave that camp. Like, you and I can be like, look, like, you're looking at this the wrong way. But, like, no amount of arguments will ever tell them to leave.
0: I don't think so because, you know, I've even recently, there was, um, uh, I I don't even remember what the situation was. But I was talking about, um, you know, bipolar disorder. And and someone was like, oh, you know, and I, before I said that I was living with it. Right. And they're like, oh, that's stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I haven't. They're like, Oh, really? Oh, well, uh, good on you. Wow. Brave, Boy, <laughs> brave, you know, tiny violin, brave, um, you know, so I, I, I get it. It's still nerve wracking because you're like, what's the response going to be? You know, I even did this. I have a new agent and i uh you know i was doing an interview cuz it was during covid and i was meeting with them and in the background was all the emotional support you know merch and they're like oh my god that robot's so cute like what's that you know i said oh well actually that's my you know um that's the logo that's emo um emo is uh the representative and mascot of my podcast emotional support they go oh that's so great you know um we knew that you had a couple of podcasts like what's this one about and and i was like oh it's a mental health podcast it's it's meant to be really funny and bring light and and bring levity to a situation that's filled with darkness you know and it was i was so nervous to be like what i usually pitch myself as it's a show of of me telling my life story of living with bipolar disorder and you know living this roller coaster life and and finding other like-minded individuals who are going through this struggle and I told them and they didn't even bat their eye or question it afterwards. But it was the first time that I was nervous again because I was like, okay, this is a new agency. This is all fresh. Like, I don't want them to be like, oh, she's the fucking crazy bitch. Like, <laughs> and like, obviously they learned really fast. I was, um, but it was interesting because this was only like six months ago, you know? Um, and it was the first time that I had that Ooh, do I do I do I see yeah, it? Yeah, no. I mean, you
1: know? I have it all the time, and I just like blow through that stop sign because I'm just like authentically. This is who I am. Like, I am not like a. I don't like shut stuff down. Like, we confront problems. We talk about how we're feeling. Like, we do this stuff like very publicly. And I understand that makes people uncomfortable. But like, it is like this interesting world. There's like I will get like weirdly academic on you for a second. So if you're listening, you know, like pull over in your car. Here's and, where like, the go brain look up comes this research in. Research paper, but yeah. there's a. <laughs> There's a great paper that was published, I don't know, probably mid-2000s, like between 2005, 2010, um, called Shame, Blame, and Contamination.
0: Shame, Blame, and Contamination.
1: And it talks about, like, the effects of being diagnosed with a mental illness, not only for you, but, like, the people and, like, the network around you. So, like mental illness is not contagious but like if i tell somebody like for your example like if you're like hey i'm bipolar the yeah. person that's closest to you now or like your agency is like oh shit that's me like i'm like now like it's like a, a contagion that then they have to deal with and then they have to deal with the shame and then they have to deal with like all these like social aspects that like plug into somebody else's diagnosis and it's just like a very great review gives you like the terms and the vocabulary that you need to like talk about like how disclosing something like this can like affect your immediate network around you and i think that that's what i struggle with the most when i tell people i don't care about what people tell
0: think of you feel
1: about me as an individual for saying stuff but i know that when i like i'm like hey i'm a researcher that has like this lived experience like that means that the university that I work with, the people that I work with, like the the research dollars that I spend from the institutes that I get funding from and the foundations that I work with, like they also now have to deal with that label that's like attached to me. Right. Like working with them because like there's no inescapable way for like some random bystander or like passerby or like, you know, like right. somebody who's like a member of the community to like uncouple those two things. So it's like really hard, I feel like when I disclose or when I talk about it, it's not so much about like, what are people are going to think of me, but it's sort of like, what does that do to the connections that I work with?
0: Huh.
1: You know, like it's really easy for me to go to a mental health conference sponsored by NAMI and talk about it.
0: Right, Because right, like, that's
1: right. the vibe. Right. But it's way more difficult for me to go to like a academic research conference and be like, hey, this is my lived experience. A, because I don't think they care. And B, because like, that is not their mm-hmm. vibe. And if I say that out loud in the world, like, there might have to deal with, like, that pushback or that shame, blame, and, like, contamination, contagion world that, like, associates with, like, me disclosing something like that.
0: So what do you say to somebody who works at a, you know, nine-to-five job and... They whether they've been recently diagnosed or known that they've lived with bipolar disorder or schizophrenia or uh, a- yeah. anything, and just being a little bit depressed, right? And on a low dose of antidepressants, what do you say to someone um, who is dealing with the stress of a workplace and is or is dealing with a struggle of do I come out and do I tell people?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the first thing I'll say is that when you do finally disclose, like, like the interaction you just had overwhelmingly, the majority of the time, the person that you tell is going to like, take it very well and like be very supportive right. and not retaliate against you. That's not to say that those things still don't happen, because right. they definitely do. But like, right. I think this fear of like, it always goes bad is sort of not representative of like how these conversations go now. Um, And I think, too, it's like you have to sort of my answer to that question sort of changes by organization type. Mm. You know what I mean? If you work at Apple and you describe these things like they're going to be like, oh, that's great. Like, here's some resources. Here's a bonus. (laughs) You know, like you might have a bad interaction with those people. Those resources might suck. Like, whatever. Don't get me wrong. Versus like if you work at a mom and pop shop in the middle of Missouri. And like, they like, you know, like, it's still not a thing, like not to rag on Missouri, but like, who cares? like Right, right, right. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, versus like, you know, like you work with 10 employees and there's no real HR and there's no real like delineation of like power, like these sorts of things. Right. So like, you know, like a lot of this stuff, I think it's stratified by, you know, like where you are, what kind of organization you work in, how many people are there, do people take this seriously? Do we offer health care? Like these sorts of things are all like confounding like variables that you sort of have to juggle with in your brain. So like if you don't feel comfortable, don't say anything.
0: That's what you I always what I mean? say. I always tell people, you know, unless you're ready to speak about it, don't speak about it because it's not only just about – um you know, th- what you were saying, the shame, blame, shame, blame, contamination. Is that what you said? I got to look it up now. Yeah. But, but th- <laughs> it's not just about that. <laughs> you
1: could hear me typing on my.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah David's, David's going to do the research.
1: Wait, I'm going to make you put it in the show
0: notes. Oh, 150%. I will. Are you kidding
1: me? 2006 in the journal of what's it in? Family psychiatry, uh-huh. the impact of shame, blame, and contamination, the impact of mental illness and drug dependent stigma uh-huh. on family members and peers.
0: Okay, well, so we're going to put this in the show notes so you can listen Shout to Shout out this.
1: to Patrick Corrigan, University yes. of Chicago.
0: You oh, know. yay, Patrick. Doing God's work. <laughs> Doing God's
1: work. Let's get him on the pod.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine? Patrick, we want you like, on the pod. Him a
1: cold email. I'm sure he'd answer. <laughs>
0: We like we had a whole discussion on your, your I research like, can papers. I
1: disclose? I don't know if I'm supposed to tell this story, <gasps> but whatever.
0: What? Oh, oh, oh exclusive.
1: I know. Um, I like find this funny. Like researchers love to talk to people. Nobody just like reaches out to them ever. Like my old really? undergrad, like the mental health researcher that I worked with, Dr. pesca Salito, like wrote this paper and like somehow Glenn Close found it. And like Glenn just called her, just like cold called her office number. And that's how Brain Change to Mind started. What? Yeah.
0: So, okay, guys, everyone listening right now, David and I are going to reach out to Patrick. If
1: you read something that you like, just to call them or send them an email.
0: And we're going to call Patrick and see if he wants to come on and talk about this.
1: Yeah, we can do it.
0: We could do it with such confidence. Can you imagine? Um, I can't wait for this to happen. Um, but I, I will just say this. If you are, you know, not ready to speak about your mental health um, and your diagnosis or whatever it may be to somebody at work Please don't do it because it's not about, oh my God, am I going to get fired? That's not what it's about. The pressure that I know from my own personal experience and I know you've experienced in other people is when you open that flood, excuse me, when you open that floodgate, right? You're going to have so many people come forward who are not going to just ask you about you. Odds are they probably won't ask you about you, but they're going to come and they're going to say, oh my God, I've been feeling the same way. I have this problem. These are my signs. Can you diagnose me? And when you're not a doctor, you don't know. Do you know how many people have come to me? We were laughing about this earlier amazing. saying that so many people listen to the podcast and go, oh my God, I think I'm bipolar. I went to, you know, I went to a doctor or I went to a therapist and, you know, and I think it's wonderful because you know what? The conversation is being had. We're being questioned. We're being like, oh my God, wait, I remember hearing this. The first time I heard Carrie Fisher talk about bipolar disorder was when I was like, oh my God, I'm finally being heard. This is exactly the same symptoms. And while, you know... Uh, She and I were diagnosed exactly the same thing with with the bipolar disorder. Odds are you're not going to be exactly the same as someone else. But you're introducing a conversation that is not used and not spoken of that often. And so you have to be ready for the floodgates to truly come forward where people are going to come out of the woodwork. They're going to have questions. They're going to want to have, you know, a shoulder for support and that's amazing, but you have to be fully solid ready for that. Um, And it's something that, that, Truthfully, I wasn't episode uh, one through 20 of the podcast um, because I did not know there would be this whole world that would actually resonate with my story, would resonate with my guest stories. Um, And that's why I had so many breakdowns because it became very overwhelming. So you just have to be so confidently ready to speak about it. And when you do speak about it, just get ready because you are going to change so many lives, um, and it's going to be the most fulfilling, best feeling, and of work you could possibly ever do on this planet.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you've obviously encapsulated it better as I struggle for words oh. always. But like, <laughs> I think, like, what I'm trying to say is, like, you know, like, it's not so much the first order effects of telling somebody anymore that like you live with this but it is that like ripple like second third fourth order effect of like hey now i have to get ready for this and like my dms are basically going to be like an inpatient waiting room like you know what i mean like it is wild like of like people just come to you for resources because they have nowhere else to go and you're like i'm struggling I've got to deal with myself. And like, now also I got to like figure out in real time, like how to not only be like an activist publicly, but like behind the scenes, like route people to the correct care networks that they need. Like, it's tough. It really is tough. And like, if you're somebody who like, you know, like I feel very thankful and and blessed that I can see a therapist, Mm -hmm. you know, once every two weeks, like I can afford it. I have access to it. Like these sorts of things, like that's not true for everybody else. Yeah. So it's like tough for me to tell other people who like don't have the, the network or stability behind them uh-huh. to like do this sort of work to be like, hey, go out and be an activist knowing that they're going to get absolutely steamrolled by this. Mm. So it's like tough to you. Like mm. you have to make that personal decision. And like, you know, I'm never telling anybody not to do stuff, but like, you, you know, I wish somebody would have told me like, hey, this is probably what it's going to be like once you come public. Right, right. And like. I'm not even famous. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right, I, it's just right. like, I'm just like a random Well, white David,
0: uh, the fans like, seem to differ. And it's
1: steamrolled by this. It's tough. So like, yeah. I wish somebody would have had that conversation with me too of being like, hey, when you come public, when you start talking about this, even in like the tiny community that you can affect or like have influence over, like it's going to be a lot of people that you haven't heard from in a long time or people you don't even know, like reaching out to you being like, hey. I'm currently symptomatic. I don't know what to do. What do I do? Like right. you become like, you might not have a degree. You might never have done any of this. Right. Like I just happen to do science it has no, no effect over like having people reach out to me or not being like an arbiter of like factual knowledge about the mental health system. Like I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. Like, yeah, I like work on mental health stuff, but like not in a way that's like treatment by any right. means. Well, and then like people will still come to you and be like, I believe what you say. I validate your personal experience now, like you use that information to fix me or mm-hmm. point me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And it's like tough to have to deal with that in real time while you work through your own stuff.
0: And I think that I almost find the people in my life who have come out to speak about their mental health. Um have had more of, of the flooding kind of, you know, you would think like, Oh, Alison hosts a mental health podcast. So I'm sure she gets a lot of people that come to her. You would be surprised. I think the people that are more, not more approachable, that's the wrong word. But the people that live in smaller communities, um, I have a lot of you know friends who live in middle America in small towns and they came out or spoke about it or they came on my podcast to talk about it. And it's the smaller communities that seem to actually floodgate more towards them and like gravitate more. Um, floodgate more is not a, a thing, so I'm going to just pretend like I didn't say That's that. Okay. Uh, we're they, just doing verbs. We're just doing verbs. Uh, <laughs> but they tend to gravitate more because there isn't as there, there aren't as many resources right and it's also being more approachable so you yeah. know you would think like There's oh it's like there. Right, it's like you know who was it? There was some celebrity that came out bipolar, you know, or with some mental health issue recently, and it was like you would think everyone would go to them. No, you'd be surprised. It is the in quote unquote influencers that come from a smaller area, a smaller town, because it's more approachable, and that's where a lot more stress is, right? Because you know, there's I, I don't ninety percent of the time read my inbox on my my Instagram. I just I don't Um, I get a lot of feet pictures a lot of inappropriate videos so I choose not to look into my inbox Um, where I'm seeing the responses and and the questions and everything come in are through the comments on emotional support and through reviews and stuff like that Um, but when people are open on their DMS and they do allow that 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 inbox you know to be wide open uh, that's when it's it all comes forward and i think that that's really important for us to all acknowledge that you don't have to be a superstar to have the most influence it's it's smaller micro influencing um that's really changing the way that everyday life is is um moving forward in the grand scheme of this mental health you know movement or whatever you want to call it is happening
1: yeah i mean you know Coming from a relatively small suburb, from a Midwestern city, like my viewpoint is we're never going to stop the incidence rate of mental health diagnoses occurring between 16 and 26. You know what I mean? Like that number is not going down anytime soon. Like for people to think it is, a, that's a pipe dream. Like For them to
0: think time. what is going down
1: like the number of people who are going to continue to develop mental health problems. Ah, uh, okay.
0: Sorry, blonde. Yeah. Go on. Okay. yes. Like,
1: this is like, a, the, what I guess what, I, what I'm trying to get to at is like influencing as a cure is hilarious to me because yeah. it's Ru- just like, that is not the reality. No, but it really would be nice to like, you know, we're talking about micro influencers. We're talking about people that are like, like grassroots on the ground. Yep. Like It would really be nice if we can, you know, and like we've done a better job over the last couple of years at this, just like collectively, like the we that like the mental health industrial complex, whatever it is, like to like just get better factual information out there. Mm -hmm. Like I remember like when I like first started telling people what I was going through like 2014, like 2013, like in there, like people would come to me like, what do I do? I'm like, I have no fucking clue. Right, right. Like I was like, I don't know, go talk to your general practitioner like i was yeah. like it was hilarious uh, like in a, such a bad way of like i didn't know therapy networks i didn't know peer support groups i didn't know like you like you have to sort of like i felt like you had to go through it and fail through it to understand like what works and totally. like, where to point other people versus like now it's becoming more commonplace and like the knowledge is out there to share where like people don't have to fall on their face and get super hurt right to like learn about how to point people in the right directions or like how to be better friends like how to you know find better support networks because like I felt like you know like and it's still like this in many places like you know like you get diagnosed there's a pretty high probability that you die from it and then if you survive it like acutely then you become the person that's like the knowledge bearer right and like that model of of healthy living or like getting is just so broken Mm -hmm. that like we need to figure out how to like get people information and the knowledge that they need so like they don't have to go through that probability of dying stage because it's self-inflicted right right
0: right, (laughs) before
1: we can help everybody else in the community so like i really do think that there is a lot of value in these like you know, like we talked about this last time too, like doing podcasts like this, right. you know, like everything doesn't have to be like, I'm going to shove like a pamphlet, like a three fold pamphlet, like down your throat right. with like information in it. But like when you find somebody or like are in a conversation where you need those resources, like you sort of finally know where to go and look to mm-hmm. get those things much easier now than five than years you did ago. before. And I think that that's at least some right. sort of progress here.
0: What do you think that, you know, kind of to... Not even wrap it up, but to, to let people know, you know, from this conversation that we just had, say someone does, you know, open up, write about a story and mm-hmm. say, you know, I live with, you know, borderline personality disorder um, and they live in a small town and they're worried about their workplace and they come forward and they say it. And all the floodgates start coming through, yeah. right? And, and all the people start coming and asking questions. And what does this mean? Like, oh, is that like single white female? Is that this? You know, all these like crazy ideas and and these false narratives, what we've all said and thought like what these disorders are.
1: And you like now occupy a horror movie.
0: Absolutely. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What would be, you know, a simple step for someone to provide resources or certain things they should say? Is there anything that you would recommend? Hey, here's a little bit of a handbook that we can we can use maybe three three tips that we can give. I mean, I
1: think it's like a it's like when you're on the plane and they do the safety thing like you need to put on your oxygen mask before you put on anybody else's. So like you got to take care of yourself first, like. So don't think that you can do advocacy for other people and that will make you feel better right temporarily it might work but like you know we play this out long enough like it's that's not how medicine works um certainly didn't work for me but (laughs) i think that you know like A, a for crisis moments you have the text crisis hotline you have the national suicide prevention number you have these sorts of like what are very macro things that you can reach out and engage with and like i understand the pushback or the cons associated with them. They're not perfect systems, but they're some sort of safety net. Right. So like you always have those things, you know, like at the end of the day, if it is that bad, dial 911. Like never be afraid to no dial 911. Right. right. Never be afraid um, to dial 911 at all. Yeah. Um I think beyond that, I think that uh, I've started to like really coalesce like where your resources are. Um you have again, like from like a macro down to local scale. Like we'll start at the top. Like you have these organizations, like NAMI, like the American Suicide Prevention Fund, One Mind, like all of the Bring Change to Mind, like the Jed Foundation. There, are like all of these people that mm-hmm. aggregate resources that have handbooks, workshops, mental health first aid things. Like go to those things and read them. Mm-hmm you know, like they spend a lot of time and money on curating these resources, like go use them. Right. Like that, that is your and like, free. baseline level of like acute care, as well as like reach out to the people that you care about. And then like, as you start to get more microscopic on like actual like treatment therapy, et cetera, the best place to always start is your state funded medical hospital. Like I'm in Indiana, Indiana university. If you're in Illinois, you know, University of Illinois Medical Hospital. If you're in Massachusetts, go to Mass General, like go to these large publicly funded institution bodies that you will likely find your forefront leaders in the healthcare movement there, Mm -hmm. as well as resources that they staff.
0: Right. Right.
1: And they have everything from private therapy recommendations all the way down to free group sessions for high school kids. Right. Like it's tough information to sort through but it's always there right and like honestly again like back to our cold calling stuff like send those people who are the administrative directors emails mm-hmm. and say hey this is what i need do you know where to point me like the mental health world is a very small treatment mm-hmm. network everybody knows each other yeah if you're a teenager in the state of missouri again And like, if you live in a small town and you don't know what to do, reach out to Mizzou, email those program administrators and be like, hey, I'm in this town. Can you give me a recommendation for three people that I should go see? Right. I guarantee you that those three recommendations will be better than anything you can find anywhere else.
0: Oh, my God. That's so fantastic. You know, the other thing I was going to say is I know that, you know, NAMI, um, I'm an ambassador Mm -hmm. for NAMI and I can't express how incredible they have been to me and and so forth. But um, they're the National Alliance on Men. Illness and Nami has many little mini Nami's all mm-hmm. over America. Um, I'm and I'm possibly all over the world. I'm not quite sure. I I will look into that and see. And I'm going to start posting more and more resources of local smaller groups that people can join. Um, but there are communities that are out there, and I know that if you look on college campuses, I know there's a lot of college campus um, groups um, where hey, you may not be in college, you may not go to that college, but you can certainly give a call and say, hey, you know, I'm in my 50s. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to be part of this group. Do you know anyone um, or any other resources of, uh, you know, communities or groups or self-help, you know, organizations? Um, I'm going to start curating a bunch of lists and get togethers and and try to figure it out and, and go from there and, and just – post as much as I can and share as much as I can. And, you know, while I can't vet every single one of them, I can sure as hell, you know, post and let you know what I think it may be a great possible answer, yeah. um, you know, to, to your question.
1: It is interesting. You know, like, when I was in college, I was part of one of the Mente like NAMI local campus things. Like I was on the student advisory board for the Jed foundation, like, if you're in that age range of like high school to college age student, like a lot of money and resources are applied there because that's when these things start to show up right. naturally in people's lives. So like, good preventative medicine brings the stuff to you when it happens. Yeah, um, it's why we don't do colonoscopies on twelve year olds. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just like you 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 link the the resources you when don't. they start to show up. <laughs> um. So like, yes, it, but, and like, you know, like reach out to like, look on your college, you know, like website, like reach out to your high school, like whatever's going on there. Like there's, there's something close, you know, even if you're in the most remote middle of nowhere, like, like uh, uh, your state has a hospital, they know right. where these resources are, they will point you in the right direction. Um, you might have to jump through some more hoops. I understand that that's a difficult in a time of crisis or need. Like I get it. Right. Like it's not a perfect system, but like go to the people who are experts who can vet these sorts of things, exactly. just like, you know, like, and I'm not saying like, don't go to your family doctor, or don't go to your family physician. But if you live in a place and you are like, hey, my family physician is yeah. going to be like, you're just like making it up, right? Like, don't go to that person. No, like, no. no. So yeah. like, I think that like, there, there are those people, you start big and you go small you know, Mm -hmm. like geographically speaking for these sorts of things, you know, like find somebody in your state then find somebody in your county, find a hospital system that's in your healthcare network or your parents' healthcare network, like work down, but like, don't be afraid to start big and like ask the people who are the program admins to be like, Hey, can you link me with a local resource worker? Mm -hmm. So like, it's sort of organic in that way. And I think you sort of unfortunately have to do it that way. It's super Um, organic.
0: And the other thing is, is, you know, I, um, I created the emotional support Facebook group and it's very tiny and it's very sweet and I love every single moment of it. And I try to be as involved as I possibly can, but I just wanted to create a trusted little room, a little space, um, for people to come, I post questions on there. You know, you do some stuff. And, you know, we we just wanted to create a little place where if you were having a bad day at four in the morning and you wanted to send a text message to someone Feel free to post it in the Emotion Out support uh, Facebook group um, because I just want everyone to feel that, that there's a community that's trusted and loving and here to support you. Um, and while we may not be the professionals that can help you and diagnose you and give you the medication and do all this, at least we can be a virtual hug Um that way I, and i hope that that helps sometimes um david um next time we we speak i have to share with you and i want to get your thoughts i did equine therapy where i rode a horse um during a meditation and did a whole bipolar experience so that's what we're going to talk about next I'm time on beauty in the brain
1: shaking my head now why cuz you're I'm, upset i'm terrified of horses oh my
0: god david i'm going to tell you the whole experience it's going to be amazing I love you.